What a great morning this morning. What a great morning. Thank you, everyone. And thank you to our, our staff, Mary Lou, for putting on the production this morning. Thank you. What a blessing that is to us. And uh, to my mom, who wrote the drama years ago. Thank you. So many messages today. Through scripture, through music, through, through our prayer, through, and, and most of all today, through our kids we've been able to meditate on and celebrate the message of Christmas. When we consider the message of Christmas, that Christ has come near to us, that he's, that he's invaded our world in pursuit of us, it gives me, and I hope it gives you as well, a great sense of hope. Hope in Jesus. Hope in his redemption. Hope in his healing and his restoration. Hope in the glorious future for those who call on his name. It's appropriate that we began our day with Zach and Alicia lighting the candle of hope for Advent. Author and counselor June Hunt tells the story of a young John Wesley, one of the great Christian leaders of the 18th century. She tells it like this. It was a bitter, bitter cold day in January at sea. Three months into the voyage, two gale force storms had shattered the main mast of the ship. And now a third terrifying storm, a nor'easter, caused the Englishman, John Wesley, to fear for his life, so much so that he wrote of this, this adventure, this journey, said it was as if the great deep had already swallowed us up. And yet on the, yet on the same ship, during the same storm, a group of German Christians appear completely calm as they quoted the Psalms. And according to young John Wesley, their lack of fear unsettled him more than the storm itself. How could they be calm when the ship faces such catastrophe? How can they be at peace when their lives are in such jeopardy and peril? What makes their hope strong and his so weak? It's all on the same battered ship, all weary from the same raging storm, all tossed by the same crashing waves, Yet while one man feels frantic, the others keep calm. Why? Simply put, their lives were anchored in Christ Jesus. And they knew that their anchor would hold. Some 150 years ago, these Mennonites, who clearly had a peace that passes all understanding, displayed their hope as though they were speaking directly to the Lord. And they quoted Psalm 56, When I am afraid... I will trust you. Not if I am afraid, but when I'm afraid, I will trust you. So what an anchor is to a ship, hope is to a soul. They both stabilize whatever needs to be held steady amidst the storms of life. Every Christian, every person Every person who follows after the Lord Jesus Christ has been given a secure anchor in Jesus. The Bible says about Jesus in the Hebrews 6 verse 19 says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So I'm hoping that you recognize hope in our worship today. But I also recognize that you may be here today and, and you may realize that there's some kind of a hope in the air, some kind of a hope in the atmosphere, but you can't quite define it. 
And because our lives are designed to be fueled by hope, you long for a sure hope to mark your life. So as we close our time today, I'd like to offer a couple thoughts on the hope that we have that is, that is seen in the Christmas message. Scripture tells us that hope is the anchor of our soul. Romans 5 says it this way, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. A New Testament definition of hope says this, it's a favorable and confident expectation regarding the future. Hope is a future, it's a future promise based in the Lord himself, based in his word, based in his promises. You see, we all thrive on hope. When hope is lost, when hopelessness sets in, we are left in very desperate places. The Apostle Paul says that without our anchor placed in Christ, we are without God and without hope. So when I think about the, char the characters of the Christmas narrative, I, I ask myself, I, I wonder how, how did hope influence their lives? How did hope impact them when they heard, when they, when they heard the news of the angels? Let me, let me just think out loud with you this morning. Joseph, we, we know the story of Joseph. We can't imagine the circumstances that, his, that he faced. His, his, in, in today's terms, his fiancée, his wife, is pregnant, and they haven't been together yet. I can't imagine more difficult circumstances. And then, and then it's, it's, it's because God has placed a child there. How ridiculous is that? But that's exactly what happened circumstances that are difficult to comprehend, even a, a call of God that is, that is inconceivable. How could this be? Joseph wanted to do the right thing. Where was hope in that circumstance? And then the angel came to Joseph, and the angel spoke the words of the Lord. The angel said that this child that Mary is bearing is the Son of God, given by God. So what did Joseph do? In hope, he acted on faith. In hope, he turned around in obedience and he said, as you say, I will. And he followed and he, and he obeyed and he took care of Mary. And you saw the rest of the story up here this morning. Hope drove Joseph. And then there's Mary. Mary had this tremendous call to faith. This tremendous, this tremendous news was announced to her that she would, be, she would be the carrier of the Son of God, the mother of the Son of God. What a call to faith. What a call to obedience. What a call to simply follow after the Lord. And what did she do? She simply responded in faith. She responded in trust in God. She trusted in his sovereignty. She trusted in his grace. She trusted in her place, her position before him. And she cried out. She sang out with her wonderful Magnificat in, in the Gospel of Luke. Oh, what a servant I am. How could it be that I could serve the Lord? 
If she trusted in his sovereignty and his grace, if she placed her whole life in him, that's hope. Placing our hope in God, throwing out the anchor and placing it firmly in God. And then there's Zechariah and Elizabeth. There was another call to faith, the promise of a son in their old age, well beyond the childbearing ages. The promise of a son. And how did Zechariah respond? Probably like a lot of us would. He responded in doubt. Well, how in the world could this be? And yet, he had nine months, at least nine months, to think about it. And I love this about Zechariah. He pondered the word of God. He pondered the message of the angel. And I, don't, I don't know what went on in his heart, but I do know this. When he finally was able to open his mouth, when the Lord released his tongue and he was able to speak, he responded in pure obedience to God because he had let the word of God sink deep into his heart. And you know what it produced? It produced hope. It produced hope in the living God. And Elizabeth, I think about Elizabeth and the lost hope she had for a child. All those years had gone by and, and the, the hope for a child was, was long gone. And I think about the, the disappointment in life that, that, that we all sense in, in one way or another, that we all have this, this, this longing in our life or this disappointment in our life that we just learn to live with. And I don't know what it looked like in the life of Elizabeth, but she had resigned herself to not having children. And then all of a sudden, news of a child would come in her old age, well beyond childbearing years. What did God do? He came near to her in her, her hurt, her disappointment, and he gave her hope. Hope that she thought was lost. One of my favorite characters in the Christmas story is Simeon. Simeon, a man, a man who was righteous before God, a man who was devout, a man who, who, who was in the, the, the temple courtyard, longing for the consolation of Israel. See, his hope wasn't just in his circumstances around him. His hope wasn't for him. His hope, his longing was for the whole nation of Israel. As we heard this morning, it had been several hundred years since a prophet had come and spoken to the people. God had gone silent in the way of a prophet before the people, and they, they wondered. We even heard the, the innkeeper say it this morning, I wondered if God forgot. Where's God? Is he not speaking to us anymore? But Simeon stood in the courtyard every day, the courtyard of the temple, and he longed for God to speak, longed for God to come near. I wonder if there's an aching in his heart for God to move among his people. And then when he saw the Christ child, when he saw the infant child being brought to the temple to be dedicated, his heart leapt for joy. God had opened his eyes. God had let him see that this is the promised Messiah. I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten my people. The hope before you is in this child, the Son of God. And then there's Anna. In the same way, she lived a life longing for a Messiah. Longing for Messiah. Scripture tells us that she, she went daily to the temple courtyards to pray and to seek the Lord, longing for Messiah to come. And I wonder how many times she woke up to, every morning 
woke up every morning and said, maybe today I'll see the Lord. And then that day came. Because God is a God of hope. God is a God of redemption. God's a God of resolution. God's a God of fulfilling everything that he says he will do. When I think about the characters of the Christmas narrative, I think they were all invited into the hope. They were all given a word of revelation as to God's plan, as to God's future for them, for the people of Israel, for the whole world. And in some way, each of them got a glimpse of God's assurance. They got a glimpse of his character. They got a glimpse of his plan and his sovereignty. God will do what he says he will do. And as we look into their testimonies, we see that God gave them hope for their present circumstances. He gave them hope for the hurts and disappointments of life. He gave them hope for his presence in their life. He gave them hope for his grace being poured out in their lives. He gave them hope for redemption. There is new life in Jesus Christ. There is new life now and there is new life coming in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And we see that in the Christmas narrative. But I want us to emphasize this today, that the Lord God gave hope for the future. You see, that's where the anchor lies. The anchor lies in eternity. The anchor lies in the presence of God. The anchor lies in the completed work of Christ on the cross to save us, to bring us into relationship with the Father. That's where our anchor is placed. That's the solid ground for our anchor. The obvious question for us today is, where is our hope placed? If we have a worldly or a cultural hope, then our hope is simply, and listen to this, our hope is simply a desire for something good to come our way. We wish for something. It's placed in people. It's placed in institutions. It's placed in circumstances. And all of those things are subject to change. All of those things are subject to disappointing us. We place our, our hope in a lot of different things, a lot of different people. We hope the government or the right politicians will give us hope for the future. Anybody hoping in that today? We hope for the cultural values to enlighten us, to bring us to a place of common value and decency. But they keep changing as well. We hope in the promises of others, and oftentimes those promises fall flat. We hope in the justice system to make all things right. We hope in education. We hope in our own ability to provide our own finances and our own well-being. We hope in our, in our, in our desire to stay healthy. If, I'm, if I have my health, I have everything. We have our hope placed in the fact that we will live a long time. We hope in our kids not to disappoint us. We hope in our own strength to keep us away from addictions or we hope in our own strength to overcome the addictions. But these targets of hope are all like shifting sand. They're subject to disappointment. They're subject to betrayal. 
or they show themselves somehow to be insufficient to meet our needs or to fulfill our hope. True hope. True hope is that which is found in the person, the plan, and the promises of God. True hope trusts in all that God has done for us and looks ahead to all he promises to do. Hope is based on all the promises of eternal life. When our future is sure, all else comes into alignment with God's plan. Our anchor needs to be set on Jesus Christ and his eternal promises. You see, hope looks forward to a future in his presence. 1 Peter 1 tells us that, that we have a living hope and it's anchored in eternity and it gives us power to walk through the trials and the sufferings and the difficulties that confront us. That confront us here on a daily basis. So I understand I understand that when a ship, in, in the days of Scripture, when a ship would, would desire to, to set anchor, sometimes they would send out a small boat with the anchor and they would send it away from the ship and they would send it to a place where the, the anchor could be dropped in a sure place. Maybe even take it up to shore, to land, and put the anchor on, 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 the, on the land. The person who would do this the person who would get in the boat, take the anchor, and take it someplace else was called a forerunner. Now go back to Hebrews chapter 6, which I alluded to earlier. Hebrews 6, verse 19 and 20 says this, we have, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the eternal place behind the curtain, eternity, presence of God, where Jesus has gone as a, what am I going to say? As a forerunner on our behalf. Having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The inner place referred to in Hebrews is the court of the temple where the presence of God was, the inner court. The idea is that Jesus has taken, has taken this anchor of faith and he has laid it before the Father in heaven. By his work on the cross, he has redeemed us, he's purchased us by his own blood, and he has set our anchor, our faith, our hope, set our anchor in the very presence of God as our forerunner. Our anchor of faith, our hope, is founded in Jesus Christ. Jesus came to the earth to show us the way to the Father. He came to make a way to God by paying the penalty for our sin, but he also became a forerunner to anchor our hope in eternity, in him. So the question for us today is, where is your hope anchored? If it's in yourself, your abilities, the culture, if it's in your wealth, then I'm, I'm here to tell you, your hope will disappoint. It'll come up short. Christmas, the gospel message of Christmas, is the promise of an enduring hope that can only be found in Christ Jesus. When we come to the realization of who Jesus Christ is, God with us, Emmanuel, and what he has come to do to save us from our sins and to a life with him, hope, true and enduring hope is born. So I close with this this morning. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This Christmas season, as we prepare, Advent is a preparation for Christmas. May your hope be anchored in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, may, our, may all of our thoughts in all the hustle and bustle of Christmas and, and, the, and the many messages of our culture and the many messages of our lives, may we, may we see through it all by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see the glory of your good news in Jesus Christ. May our hope be founded in you, Lord Jesus. May our, our anchor be placed firmly in your completed work on the cross for us. We praise you today for that hope of salvation. Hope for all of life. Hope for eternity. In the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. On your way rejoicing.